You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. Y'all go ahead and grab a seat. I'm so glad you're here to worship with us on Tuesday night. Y'all doing okay? Hey, you made it. I was told you would be here. That's awesome. Man, so glad to see y'all. I feel like it's been a while, so I'm pumped about tonight. Hey, wouldn't it have been so stinking cool to have been there for some of the miracles that Jesus did? Wouldn't that have been super cool? Like, I mean, just think about if you had a deaf friend your whole life, you're walking around, Jesus walks up to him and heals him, and for the first time, your friend could hear your voice. That would be pretty cool, right? Get one? That'd be, that'd be pretty dope. That'd be awesome. Or if you had a paralyzed friend, which this is crazy to think about. So if, if, like you knew someone that was paralyzed, which if I'm understanding right, someone's paralyzed, like their spinal cord, at least in that part, is dead. And so what was so crazy about Jesus hearing, not hearing, and hearing, but healing the paralytics was that he was bringing their spinal cords to life. That's stinking awesome. Would have been so cool to have been there for so many of those moments. Do you agree, right? We know it's awesome that when you read the Gospels, you do get to be there. <laughs> you, get to, you don't have to wonder like, man, what would it have been like to walk with Jesus and to see what he said? You don't have to wonder because you can just read it. That's so cool. Would you like to read it? Let's do it. Turn to Mark 8. Mark chapter 8. I told you I might be a little crazy tonight, okay? Mark chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 1. Uh, man, super cool, super cool. Mark 8, verse 1. I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that your bros, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, wrote down what you did. <laughs> so we get to get a glimpse of it. And we pray that as we read it tonight, Lord, that we would get to walk with you a little bit. Lord, please speak to us. Help us to hear from you. It's your name we pray. Amen. So Mark 8, verse 1. <clears throat> In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered together, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, Hey, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they're going to faint on the way. And some of them have come from a long ways. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? Was that a fair question from the disciples? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Like, fair question. Because they're starting to spend time with Jesus and figure this out. But they're in the middle of nowhere. Like 4,000 people we're going to see. And Jesus says, hey, they're getting hungry. We should feed them. It's a fair question to go, bro, how are you going to do this? Like, I don't know if you know this, um, they did not have Uber Eats back then, right? It's not like Jesus can be like, get on his phone and be like, Uber Eats, I need to order 4,000 Chick-fil-A sandwiches, right? Like, um, Chick-fil-A be like, yes, 4,000, what an order. Um, they couldn't walk across the street to Torchies and get some good tacos, right? They're in the middle of nowhere. They, they couldn't be like, dang, it's 2 a.m., call insomnia cookies, get some cookies. No, they can't do that. So it's, it's a fair question. How are we going to feed all these people? Verse 5, 
he asked them, hey, uh, how many loaves do you have? They said, seven, which I love, like, seven. They don't say, Jesus, we got seven, and we know you can do something big with this. We believe. They're just like, okay, let me step away from the Bible. In my opinion, I feel like when they say seven, it's kind of like, oh, boy, we got seven. (laughs) They're not full of faith, I don't think. They're like, hey, Jesus, we got seven. (laughs) And he says, verse 6, he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. So I love it. Again, a little bit of my interpretation here. But they say, we got seven. We got seven loaves. There's 4,000 people. Like, just so y'all know, seven loaves with you folks would not go very far. Like, I don't know. I got some, some bros up here. I don't think seven loaves would fill you guys up. Y'all are like, I'll take a loaf a piece. You know what I'm saying? Um, not pre-sliced, so you take your own big chunk. I don't think 100. It might not get past Hunter and Zach. I don't know. Um, no offense. Um, I'm not calling you guys fat. Come on now. Um, anyways. <laughs> Slow down. Um, yes. So not going to go real far. And he says, oh, seven, perfect. Hey, have them grab a seat. And I feel like, again, just trying to see it and be there, I feel like I can almost see the disciples being like, oh, great, here we go again, right? Like, because we got seven loaves. He says, this is great. Tell everybody to have a seat. And I, I just feel like they're wondering. Also, think about this. They're telling people, that's a, is they're gonna, 4,000 people, this is going to take a moment. You can't just be like, hey, everyone, grab a seat. 4,000 people. So they're going to have to, just, this, is not, this is not crazy talk. This makes perfect sense. They would have probably had to walk around and tell people, sorry, angel, tell people, hey, everybody, y- y'all need to grab a seat. Uh, Jesus is going to feed y'all. W- what's for dinner? What's we got? Just sit down, okay? <laughs> Don't worry. Don't ask questions, right? No, he probably didn't say that. But yeah, so they're, they're going over here. Hey, uh. You 300 people need y'all to sit down. Jesus is, he's going to feed you. What, what do we have? Don't worry about it. Just, just sit down, right? Can you see that? Can you, can you see that? Yeah, I think it's fair. This is crazy. He took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. So again, man, like, they're doing it, so there's some faith involved there. But can you imagine, I don't know, for me, can you imagine the faith that took of like, even if I took one loaf of bread in front of this group right here, which I don't know, there may be 100, maybe 85 right in this group right here. If I took one loaf of bread, I, I, I would be going, this ain't going to feed y'all. Like, it's not going to work. But they set out the loaves of bread, look what happened. As they set them before the crowd, verse 7, says they had a few small fish. We don't know whose it was. I can't help but wonder if somebody was like, oh, hey, uh, if he's passing out bread, like we have a few fish. Maybe he could do something with that. Verse 8, excuse me, having blessed them, so he blessed the fish, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. So not just like, I got some. If, you, if you're satisfied, you're what? You're full. That was a good meal, right? Like Thanksgiving is coming up. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? And you're not, when you finish Thanksgiving, you're satisfied. Probably, like, you're probably hurting, actually, right? But they didn't just get a little crumb. It says they were satisfied. <clears throat> satisfied. <laughs> Voice is cracking, y'all. Puberty. Just kidding. Uh, 
I keep losing my spot, dadgummit. They were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over. So time out. I, I just thought about this. They're, they're full. If you're taking up food, if you have leftovers, you're not just like content. You're full, right? They're taking up seven basketfuls of leftovers. And how many people were there? 4,000. And he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. That's crazy. 4,000 people he fed with seven loaves and said a couple of fish, right? Was it two fish, something like that? A few fish. That's amazing. And here's what's crazy. Man, think about this. I think it's probable, very likely, that there were a few people there on the, again, 4,000 people on the outskirts that didn't even know they had just been part of a miracle. Think about it. The bread's coming along. The fish is coming along. You're just like, sweet. I don't know where Jesus, I don't know where, like, where he got his caterer, but this dude knows how to cater, right? I, mean, I don't want that for a fact, but I think that's very likely. 4,000 people. You guys are people not paying attention, right? <laughs> Maybe didn't even know they were just part of a huge, crazy miracle. Hmm. Verse 11. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. So this is something they did often. They were always messing with Jesus, doubting Jesus, testing him. Even back in chapter 3, you don't have to turn there, back in chapter 3, um, says that, so Jesus had been casting out demons, and they're like, well, you know what? You're from the devil. You're, you're just possessed with demons, and you're casting out demons because you're a demon. And Jesus is like, what are y'all talking about? Like, a house divided cannot stand. He said, well, why, would I, if I, why would I be fighting against myself, casting out demons if I'm a demon? Good point, right? <laughs> they're testing, and they're, they're, they're wanting to say, Pro- prove, prove who you are. When, when it says they're that's what they're talking about, what it's talking about. They were wanting him to prove who he was. So they're asking for a sign from heaven. Now look, I'm, it's been a little, it's been a couple years since I've been in school, so maybe I'm slipping a little bit, but 33 now, you know, it happens. <laughs> what just happened, like one verse before that? Or like two verses before that. What just happened? What was that? A miracle. Yes. He fed 4,000 people. And while I said, I think in the moment, a few people may have not realized what was going on. But for sure, the word would have spread, right? I want to be clear. I think possible in the moment, people don't realize they're a part of a miracle. But the word would have spread. He just performed a sign. And they're saying, hey, you need to, you need to prove who you are. You say you're God the Son. You need to prove something. He just Performed a sign. <laughs> it says, and he sighed. So they asked, they're bugging him, arguing with him. Verse 12 says, and he sighed deeply in his spirit <sighs> and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. All right, again, I, I got to ask a question. I'm this is not a trick question. Did Jesus 
do things, perform signs that showed, that validated who he was? Yes. I, I, would, I would for sure say yes. Like, we were talking about this yesterday. I, I, I believe healing still happened today, but not on command. Like, I, I think we should pray for healing, but I would be, I, I, I don't think people, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's really like someone just like, I got the power, I'm just going to come up and heal you. Like, I don't think that's a thing. Um, but could we ask the Holy Spirit to move and heal somebody? Yes. But Jesus was different in that he could do it on command, right? Oh, like, you're deaf here, let me touch your ear. Boom, you can hear. Oh, you can't, I don't think it's, sorry, I'm not, oh, you can't walk. Sorry. Like, oh, you can't walk? Like, hey, on command, they're healed. Jesus walked on the water. Pretty cool, right? Casting out demons over and over again, just a few things. The feeding of 4,000, pretty impressive. I don't know about this one. Like, what about the resurrection? <laughs> There's some good proof. So I'm confused. When Jesus says, this generation... It's not going to get a sign. Is Jesus, is he lying? Is he being petty? Is he incapable of, of doing what they're asking? What is it? Thanks for asking. I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel like so many of you are like, yeah, yeah. Hey, so, hey, great question. Let me help us all here for a second. So, a key to understanding Scripture and, and like, getting, we want to be accurate in understanding, right, is to fight the temptation we all do, me included, the worst of all probably, as a preacher, we want to jump to application, right? So, we're going to get there, okay, my bro, we're going to get there, let's not, don't try not to jump there yet to like, is it what we do? You, you with me? So in this case, what's, what's going on? Because the clock is ticking, we don't have all day, and I can tell you don't want to answer. <laughs> I don't, he's not incapable, right? He's capable. He rose from the dead. He's capable. Amen? He can do what he wants. He's not being petty, like, oh, you won't get a sign, <laughs> I don't think it's that. <laughs> I don't think it's that he's lying. Let me rephrase that. I know he's not lying, right? I think it's the idea that for people who refuse to believe and when, even when the truth is right there in front of them, like, there's not a sign for that. It requires faith to follow Jesus. Like, that's why we say believe in Jesus, because there's faith, right? So I think what Jesus is saying is, like, I'm not going to do something that eliminates faith for you, right? <laughs> like, I just fed the 4,000 with seven loaves. What do you want me to do, right? I'm not going to eliminate faith. And again, he, he, rose, he would later rise from the dead. So again, I just want to camp out there for a second. I don't. I really, I, I kept struggling with this. I, I looked at a few commentaries, and typically the more they write, it's a sign that, like, they, 
as well don't understand because like trying to put you to sleep with how much they write, right? Um, right, right, correct. Um, I, I don't think it's like, well, they were looking for a different kind of sign. I think it's simple. They, they didn't want to believe. And it's like, you're, I'm not going to force you to believe. I'm not going to do something that takes away the faith element. Because ultimately, someone doesn't want to believe they're, they're going to just keep being stubborn. says, he got in the boat and went to the other side. Notice his, his interaction with the super religious people was pretty short, right? They're arguing with him. <sighs> You're never going to get a sign. Deuces, I'm getting back in my boat. <laughs> Verse 14. I promise we're going somewhere if you're wondering what is happening. Verse 14. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. Okay, Jesus is one. How many disciples were with him? Not a trick question. Twelve disciples. I just snorted. <laughs> Sorry. So how many people is that? Thirteen people. Thirteen, which I've been around some ladies who could throw down some food. I'm just saying. But typically some men. Men eat a lot. So thirteen men and one loaf of bread. Good or bad? That's bad. <laughs> That's real bad. My, my little... 20-month-old son could eat a loaf of bread, right? That's not good. 13 men, one loaf of bread. And he cautioned them, saying, so Jesus sees a teaching opportunity because he's a good teacher. He cautioned them, saying, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. What in the world? So that would have been a little more obvious to them in that time anyways. Leaven, so leaven, they put it in, it was like, it was like yeast, right? So they put it in bread, excuse me, to help the bread what? Rise. You could put just a little bitty, tiny bit of leaven, and all of the loaf, <laughs> the bread, would rise. Tracking with me? So a little bit can have a lot of bit of impact. A little bit of the leaven can go a long ways in transforming something for, for good or bad, really. So he says, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So even just looking at the, I think you can look at all of Mark, but even just looking at the context of what we just saw with Jesus' interaction with the Pharisees, when he says, watch out for the leaven, what's it, what, what is the leaven? <laughs> you're good, Cade, you're good. I think it's being stubborn, right? Being, hard, being slow to believe, being hard-hearted. Jesus is doing miracles, and you're like, I, I don't know, man, show me a sign. Come on, bro. He's saying, watch out for hard hardness, for stubbornness. But he says, Herod, too. What is that about? So I, I don't always like jumping, but in Luke, um, Herod was the same way. He was like, you know what? Like Jesus, or I don't know if he said it directly to Jesus, but wanted uh, Jesus to show him a sign. Prove to me who you are. Show me a sign. So he had the same thing of like, hey, I kind of believe you're going to have to prove yourself to me. If you look in Mark chapter 6, it says that Herod was interested in John the Baptist. So you could say, like, ultimately interested in the, in the gospel. And eventually, you, I think he would have eventually been interested in Jesus, maybe. He knew that John the Baptist was a righteous man. He even feared John the Baptist. But Herod, do you remember this story? He, again, he was a perverted old man. He had his, I guess it would be like his wife's, which his wife was married to his brother, it was weird. Anyways, 
had her daughter come in and perform a dance. And this was not like, oh, ballet. This was like inappropriate, raunchy dance, right? And he's like, hey, this is awesome. And with all his buddies, hey, whatever you want, you can have it. She goes to her mom, and what did she ask for? John the Baptist's head on a platter. And says he was, he was sad. He was like, man, because he knew John the Baptist was a righteous man and he feared him, but he did it anyways. I think in that case, his, his stubbornness, his slowness to believe heart was hindered by his own sinful flesh, right? Like he had an interest in, excuse me, an interest in what John the Baptist was saying. And I, again, I think you could say, because John the Baptist was talking about Jesus, um, an interest in Jesus, but his own sinful nature held him up and hindered him from ultimately Jesus. <laughs> Stubbornness. Slow of heart. So Jesus says, they got this one loaf of bread. He says, hey, teaching moment, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and, and Herod. Saying, beware of letting stubbornness of heart, being slow to believe, refusing to believe, not having faith. Beware of that. Because even just a little bit can creep in and take over your life. Pretty cool lesson, huh? Yeah, man, you would think they're all enraptured sitting in the boat at the feet of Jesus. Oh, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> but what are they doing? Verse 16. But they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about. We want some bread. <laughs> you're talking about leaven. We want some bread. Show me the bread. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's not, right? I mean, it is funny. The Bible's funny. You can laugh at the Bible. Because the Bible, I think, intends to be, make us laugh at ourselves at times. But it's kind of sad, too, right? If you're not sure why it's sad, Jesus will help you understand that. <laughs> Verse 17. And Jesus, aware of this, so he's aware of their discussion said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not? By the way, like, he's kind of, like, Jesus is full of grace and truth. And he's a little heavy on the truth right here, right? Like, he says, <laughs> he's so, like, straight up. Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Remember what? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000. How many basketfuls of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, again, one word, they've returned to the one word answers. <clears throat> Twelve. <laughs> and the seven for the 4,000. 4,000 people. How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. <laughs> and he said to them, do you not yet understand? I think the boat it's probably about like what the room was just then. Right? No, no if you notice, like the boat episode ends there. 
Do you not get it? Think about it. Again, I, I get it. If you were like, say, well, it really, it really would have been cool to literally walk with Jesus. I agree. I, I agree. We can, I think we can. I believe. I know. We can see what it was like to be with Jesus right here in the pages of Scripture. But it would have been really cool to be with, do what they were doing, right? To literally see, to have seen Jesus break the bread and pass it out. To hear, like literally audibly hear his voice. How cool would that be? I really wish they had iPhones back then. Like to do voice memos all the time. That'd be sick. Um, to hear his voice is what I mean, sorry. Um, he says, do, do you not get it? Do you not understand who I am? And I think, I don't have to even say it, but just to say it, you get the point he's asking them, right? There's 13 of us. You're worried about what we're going to eat. I've fed 5,000 people. I think I can feed us. Like, I, I got you guys, right? What are you worried? Have you forgotten what happened? And by the way, this wasn't it, right? He could have kept going. He could have been like, did you forget that I walked on the water? Did you forget that I cast out demons? Did you forget that I've healed people, that I've uh, made the deaf to hear, the, the lame to walk, the blind to see? Like, have you forgotten all those things? Bros, I, I got this. I can take care of the bread. Do you not yet understand? So, Kate, I appreciate you asking earlier. Sorry I cut you off. So, Cade's right. We should finally get to some application. The question I think that the Holy Spirit through Mark's writing intends for us is, do you not yet understand? <laughs> understand what? What was Jesus trying to get them to see? Don't, don't overthink this. What, was he get, what did he want them to understand? who he was, right? That's what, right? That's, that's, things pretty clear. He's, he's not asking, do you not understand how the world works? He's not asking, like, do you not get who I am? <laughs> like, I'm in the boat with you. Do you not, do you not get the, who I am? And not just, I think in this context, per the miracles, per what had happened, per that the cross had not happened yet, he's talking about, do you not get that I am the God of the universe, <laughs> The God, I am God Almighty. That's what Jesus, I'm not saying, that's what Jesus is saying. Do you not get that, that I'm God Almighty? This is super important. If Jesus was not God, the cross means nothing. <laughs> but because Jesus is God, the creator of the universe, God Almighty, who sees time from beginning to the end, who holds everything together. Uh, Hebrews says that literally even when he was on the cross, everything was held. Man, I get chills every time I talk about this. He, he, even on the cross, he held everything together by the power of his word. Think about it. As those Roman soldiers were nailing him to the cross, Jesus was letting their heart keep beating. <laughs> he was allowing the, the blood to course through their veins because he's God. He is the immutable God. That means he never, ever changes. He's the all-powerful God. It means he can do any dadgum thing he wants because he's God. And so Jesus is looking at them saying, guys, do you not yet get it? They didn't understand everything about him yet. He hadn't died and risen, rose again. But he's, even at that point, he wanted them to see, I'm, I'm God. Do you not get it? <laughs> so again, I, I think it's, we should wrestle with, do we get it? Do we get who God is? 
excuse me, do we get who Jesus is? And by the way, on this side of the cross, how cool is it that Jesus, he's God who holds everything together, all-powerful, all-knowing, yet he died on a cross for me. (laughs) Right? So if you're a believer tonight, it means that you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus. You've come to a point of recognizing your sinfulness, that Jesus, though he is God, he died for you. And you've surrendered your life to him. You've turned from your sin to commit to follow Jesus, placed your faith in him. If that's you, wouldn't you agree that we're kind of prone to be like the disciples and kind of be slow sometimes? Like a little stubborn of heart. Like we've seen Jesus do this, and we've, I was talking with David earlier, like we see him do things in our lives, and like lives are like one month later, we're like, God, I don't know where you're at. What are you doing with my life? And I, I feel like too often he's like, hey, did, did, you, did you forget? Did you forget who I am? If you're a Christian tonight, I, I want to call you to think about and ask the Holy Spirit to help you be aware of ways you can daily remember who he is. That Jesus, yes, he is the savior of the world, but he's also God. <laughs> and he, he can only be the savior of the world because he's God. Again, if he's not God, the cross doesn't mean anything. But also, if you're a Christian tonight, I want to challenge you, encourage you to maybe draw a line in the sand. I, I'm going to try to do this tonight too. Draw a line in the sand. And, like, step on the side of saying, I'm going to quit letting my feelings dictate what I know to be true of Jesus. Y'all, let's be real. There are times where it feels like Jesus is far away. There are times it feels like, does he even, like, like, see me? There's times you're trying to read your Bible and do your devotional, and it's like, God, are you even hearing me? Do you even care? But, y'all, you can't let those occasional feelings and struggles keep you from pursuing him and and wanting to know him. (laughs) Because if you have drawn a line in the sand to say, man, I don't know what I'm feeling now, but I do know that he is God and that he is my Savior, so I'm going to pursue him. Don't miss out walking in awe of him, A-W-E, all, day after day, because you're like, well, I'm not really sure how I'm feeling today. No, draw a line in the sand and say, yes, I do understand who he is. I'm going to follow him wholeheartedly because of that. If you're not a Christian, man, I think it's very probable that there are a lot of us in this room tonight that are like the Pharisees or like Herod in that you've seen Jesus do a lot in your life, but you're just being stubborn. You're like, well, I still have some questions. Like, I don't doubt that, and we'd love to talk to you about some of those questions, but at some point, you just got to have some faith, bro or girl. <laughs> To say, man, like, yeah, I still have questions, but I've seen the things he's done in my life or in, those, in the lives of those that I love, and I, I've seen how the people around me that are Christians are different. I still have questions, but I think I understand who he is. <laughs> Maybe tonight you need to stop being stubborn and surrender to Jesus. And the cool thing is, man, he, he's got arms wide open. He's not like, well, you've had a lot of questions. You've really frustrated me. And I think when you turn to him, he's got arms wide open.
super cool. I don't think it's a coincidence that, I'm not going to keep going, I promise. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that in the next, the next little passage, the next little story, is that of Jesus, a, a, a blind man coming to Jesus and Jesus opening his eyes so you can see. It's kind of funny. He says he touches his eyes once, and Jesus is like, can you see? And he's like, people look like trees. And Jesus is like, Let's, hold on just a second. And he touches him again, and then he can see clearly. Why don't I think that's coincidence? I think it's an invitation. If you don't feel like you understand who Jesus is yet, or if you feel like you've understood, but you keep forgetting, and you keep kind of going across the line and saying, I'm not, I'm not really sure, I'm not sure I trust them. I think it's an invitation to ask Jesus to help you open your eyes. <laughs> or excuse me, it's an invitation to ask Jesus to open your eyes <laughs> so you can see who he is. So that as you have those questions of, and, and those desires of, man, I wish there was Someone, like, because everything's falling apart around in my life, I wish there was someone who was just a rock in my life. And Jesus says, hey, because I'm God, I am. <laughs> when you have those desires of, man, I wish there was someone that, like, even when it feels like all my other friends could give a rip out of me, I wish there was someone who would stick closer than a brother. Jesus says, hey, I got that. <laughs> hey, I wish there was somebody who like actually could hear me no matter where I'm at, on the highest mountain or in the lowest valley when I'm all alone. I wish there was someone who could hear my heart's cry even when I don't have the words to express it. And Jesus says, Jesus says hey, I'm God. I got that. I got you. <laughs> I wish there was someone who, who loved me in spite of all that I've done. And God says, Jesus says, hey, I'm, I'm God. I, I got that. <laughs> Jesus is not going to give you everything you want, but he is absolutely everything you need because he's God. Do you get it? <laughs> and what are you going to do with it? Jesus, thank you that even though we're stubborn and slow of heart and distracted even when you're trying to teach us things, you still pursue us and are gracious and are loving. <laughs> so cool to think about, Jesus, that you, man, even with all the disciples' stupidity and just dull hearts, you put up with that knowing you were going to go to the cross for them. And the same is true of us. You know that we're wicked and our hearts are slow to believe, and yet you died for us. Man, that's so cool. I pray, that God, that tonight that believers would remember who you are and under, have a fresh understanding that you are God, that you're not just a dude, you're not just a good teacher, that you're God. And that our hearts would be reawakened to walk in awe of you and be in love with you and to, to follow hard after you because of who you are. Maybe it means drawing a line in, the, line in the sand to quit being wishy-washy and letting our feelings dictate whether we're going to pursue you or not. That we would be all in, wholeheartedly in, God, because of who you are and because of what you've done. And Lord, for, for folks who don't know you, I pray that tonight maybe you would just open their eyes, God, if they're blind, 
spiritually blind, that you would help them to see and to quit making excuses, to quit being stubborn, to quit demanding 100% evidence, and to maybe just embrace the fact that they can't deny that you're real and that you're pursuing them. Lord, I pray that if that's someone tonight, I pray that during this song that they would have the courage to come talk to me uh, back in the back by the Welcome Center, Lord, that you would give them the ability to take those little steps that it takes to get over there. <laughs> God, we love you. I pray that as we sing this song that you would man, speak to us and challenge us and help us see who you are. Do you know me pray? Amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.